Hello everyone and another very warm welcome to our little vlogcast here on Marketing the Invisible. My name is Tom Poland. I'm beaming out to you on the sand at Little Castaways Beach in Queensland, Australia. And my guest today is Michael Katz, who I believe is in Boston in the snow. Is that right, Michael? I'm afraid that's correct. <laughs> and, and just to mess with everyone, I, I just want to see if how confused people get when I put these on and I take my glasses <laughs> off. And they go, okay, who's, yeah. which, which one is Michael, which one's Tom? But we won't do that. So, Michael, thank you so much for, for being on our, on our, little, on our little show. Um, and I thank you so much also for taking the care and the time to offer something that was pretty freaking awesome just for our listeners. And we'll come to that in a little bit. There will be a link uh, below for those of who, are, who are viewing the blog, the podcast. You're probably going to have to take a note of the link, but we'll give you that soon. So, for those of you who don't know Michael, He's an award-winning humorist. He's a former corporate marketer, so he has that big strategic branding background. He's the founder of Blue Penguin, and he's the chief penguin. He specializes in helping established solopreneurs, solo professionals, if you like, get more and better clients by positioning themselves as likable experts. He's got an MBA from Boston University and a BA in psychology from McGill University in Montreal. So all in all, when we wrap up the qualifications and the experience, Michael is, is more than qualified to talk on the subject. So the title of the interview is Why Likeability is More Upside Than Capability. And we're going to explore that in just seven minutes. Michael, our seven questions in seven minutes starts now. First of all, who is your ideal client? So my clients are all solo professionals. So solo people who work for themselves. And professionals, they're people who sell a, a service like recruiters, financial planners, consultants, attorneys. They're, what they have in common is that they sell something that looks very much like what their competitors sell. And so it's hard for them to differentiate themselves because, you know, you don't know how good medically your own doctor is. They look the same. And so that's really my sweet spot, people who are trying to stand out. But the problem is that everyone they compete with kind of seems to sell the same thing and actually does sell essentially the same thing. So and in fact, that's question two. It leads into that nicely. So is that the problem that you solve is, is one of differentiation or are there other problems you tackle as well for them? They're very intertwined, but differentiation is a key because these are people who, like myself, we don't, you know, we're not buying Super Bowl ads. Look like everybody else, but we all need clients. And my clients are people who are really good at what they do, but they don't know anything about marketing. They hate selling. They just want enough business. And so, you know, I always say I, I give people the words they need to clearly explain what they do. If you're solving that problem of a lack of differentiation and inability to articulate clearly what they do in, in an attractive manner, how would someone know that they've got that problem? What are the sort of the symptoms that one would experience if they've got that issue? Well, it kind of depends on what they do. There's people who do things that are complicated enough that it's just hard to explain. So, for example, I'm working with someone right now who's a quality assurance consultant for drug companies. But if you heard her explain to you what she does, you wouldn't get a lot out of it. So her problem is, you know, word of mouth doesn't work if I don't remember, let alone understand what you do. Right. Then they have other people kind of on the other side. What they do is so generic. I'm an attorney. I'm a, a leadership consultant. 
I get what that is, but you know, there's a thousand other people standing right next to you. So a lot of what I do is help them narrow their focus, which is painful because experienced mm. people don't like to be narrowed. But that to me is that sort of your only option. And then also help them learn what do you say when someone says, hey, what do you do for a living? What do you put on your website? What's on LinkedIn? So the problem they have is that, and the reason I say I tend to work with experienced people is they're in business and they're good, but they're not, they're struggling to get clients and to market themselves. And they hate when they have to explain what they do because they don't know what to say. So, so some of the symptoms perhaps is that when they explain what they do, people's eyes glaze over because it's too complicated in the case of your quality right. insurance person, or it just doesn't get cut through because everyone kind of says the same thing. So when people are aware of that problem, and this is question four, before they arrive at your digital doorstep, so to speak, what are some of the things they try to do to make that problem disappear that in actual fact doesn't work? It's kind of like the mistakes people try. Well, I always use the term likable expert because to me that's what you need to be seen in. So everybody gets the expert piece. You need to, like you read my qualifications, so people need to believe that you're good at what you do. And so that's, uh, that's the price of admission. But the reason I say likability has more upside than capability is because the problem with capability is everybody you're competing with who's worth worrying about has the same qualifications. Every attorney passed the bar, every doctor went to medical school, every financial planner certified. What I discovered kind of by accident is that likability, my interest in connecting with other people, talking to you, hiring you, is the thing that you can actually move the needle on. I can't tell if you're a good doctor, but I can tell if I like you. Yeah. And so people tend to ignore that. They, they become this sort of two-dimensional business person, and then as a result, they just kind of blend in. So I actually, as, as silly as it sounds, I help people be more themselves, speak more authentically, connect more with personal stories, but the result is that people remember them and, and help them. Right. And so if, if they are aware that they have this problem, are they spending money elsewhere that's just kind of a waste of money trying to solve the problem without, and if they are, what are they spending the money on? What are the mistakes they're making? You know, it, it doesn't tend to be a money thing for my clients because, again, you know, we're solos. It, it's a word-of-mouth world. So, sure, I'll spend some money on email marketing and maybe sponsor a thing. But it's not that they're blowing money on advertising. It's mm -hmm. where they're focusing their attention. If I ask them what makes them different, they'll just start talking about their capabilities. Or they might have some little nuanced thing. You know, I'm a financial planner. I kind of do this, and most people do that. You as the potential client, you can't tell the difference. And the truth is, on average, most people are average. <laughs> so it's not that they're better. What I have found, though, is that they focus on things like connecting with people who need help without charging them for everything, using personal stories when they write a newsletter or a blog, using personal stories when they give a, a public talk. It's all the stuff people are afraid to do because they think it means they're not taking seriously. Right. But what I found is that, that that's how people decide, oh, I like this guy or this woman, or frankly, I hate this guy, which is fine. You don't I, want everybody as a client. Yeah, what I call black jelly bean. You, you like them, you love them. If you don't like them, you hate them. Right. Okay, so right. that's, that's actually answered very nicely question five, which is one valuable free action people can take, which might be to start using the story, start magnifying your personality, 
What about a valuable free resource? Now, I know you've lined up something pretty special for, for listeners mm-hmm. to this show, uh, and I'm going to mm-hmm. say what it is now. It's, it's www.michaelkatz, K-A-T-Z, or Z if you're in the States, .com forward slash invisible. Go there. What are they going to find when they get there, Michael, in less than 20 seconds? So a bunch of things that they can download or use for free. A list of books that I recommend that people read that are all valuable in, in focusing your business. I have a recent book. You can get the first 15 tips out of about 120 that are in that book. You can subscribe to my newsletter as well. So Perfect. it's all there, all free if you like. MichaelKatz.com forward slash invisible. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for checking out our Marketing the Invisible podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. And if you want to generate five fresh leads in just five hours, then check out www.5hourchallenge.com.